Hi everyone, I'm Shilpa and this is Chic Lotus Controversial Conversations, where we will hear from people of different backgrounds with different experiences and different perspectives on taboo topics, hoping to create a more accepting and less judgmental world. Let's get it started. So we have Eamon here today. We met through Instagram, actually. When I was living in LA, I was looking for another makeup artist to um, help me out on a wedding. So I reached out to Eamon, and um, when we met, I actually never thought of you as male or female. I just kind of thought of you as Amen. You know what I mean? It was so weird because you're probably the first person that I've ever experienced that with. Um, I didn't see you as either gender. I just saw you as yourself and which is beautiful. So it's, it's weird. I don't know even, I don't even know how to describe that feeling, but you've definitely opened up my world to, um, something new. Um, so can you kind of go over what you, what gender you identify with? Yeah, uh, I'm non-binary, so um, so that's that. That means that I, that I don't fit in as a boy or a girl. I don't feel like I am a boy. I don't feel like I'm a girl. I'm just my own thing, and I kind of play like gender fluid. I kind of play with, with both, like as in um, when it comes to like clothing and stuff like that. It's just me, and I whatever I express myself, that's how I'll do it. Um, I don't like any like gender attached to what I. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Um, so. So I don't, that's why I say non-binary is, that's why I also say I don't have any pronouns is because I'm not really attached to he, him, or she, her, or they, them. Like it's whatever you perceive me as is what you can call me. And that just makes it easier. I just don't like when people call me handsome. That's the only thing that I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like what? Do you think I look handsome? Um, but, um, I would so- never use that word with you. I wish you guys could see, amen, because it's just beautiful or pretty I can't I would never say handsome (laughs) high feminine energy it's just that um, handsome just sounds weird and then as I say I carry high feminine energy people are always like why don't you just like transitions you're trans you know and I'm like no because again you never know like it's still part of my journey I don't really feel like I am there yet or I feel that way but you never know you know later developing you kind of explore there's so much stuff that I carry you know like I feel like as I get older but I don't think of myself as I, I don't think I'm trans you, you know you know when you know I feel that way so definitely I'm non-binary that's why I like that that the term non-binary is because it kind of falls into that umbrella it's like you're just basically you yeah that's yeah. awesome yeah. how did you know and when did you know that you didn't identify with either gender Oh, that came later in, well, I would say 22. After I came out as gay, um, I was just, like, kind of playing with, like, since I came out, um, I kind of broke all the chains of society and kind of, like, did my own thing. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to push it. I'm going to see how, like, where do I actually fit in? Like, how gay am I? You know, like, how is it? How gay mm-hmm. am I? How- Sorry, I'm wearing heels. Sorry, I'm wearing girls' clothing and kind of just playing around. And then I kind of realized, I was like, I felt more comfortable like that or that's how I wanted to express myself and I that's how I wanted to be seen um and that's when I realized I'm like I don't really f- I'm not really a, a fit in as like a gay man mm-hmm. I don't, as like a trans you know a trans woman mm-hmm. 
I am just mean. So I was remember I was watching um, a Jeffree Star video and that's what he said. He's like, I'm just me. I'm an alien. Like I just, I'm gender fluid alien. Like I don't fit in anything. I was like, you know what? That's how I feel. I feel. And there's people like that out there. That's so I kind of watched Jeffrey's video and I think he's the first person that kind of actually put it in words. And I was like, okay, that whatever that is, that's what I am. Kind of so, verbalized what you have been yeah. feeling for a little while. Cause I didn't know how to explain it. And there was nobody that I looked up to, or there was nobody out there for representing. Like, so I really didn't know mm-hmm. what I you know. Mm-hmm. And then I was um, around 22, 23. That's when I was like, okay, I am, I am not binary. This is officially like, that's what I want to be. So when did you know you were gay? Was it kind of from childhood? Oh my God. I think uh, as a kid growing up, um, I had, my name is very uh, gender fluid. Mm -hmm. And in Pakistan, um, most women have that name, even though it's in Arab, it's a very, like, it's a, it's a more man, like boy name. Mm -hmm. But growing up, you know, having that gender fluidness already, um, I was like, okay, like, uh, and people like I was always like really pretty and people always thought I was a girl I just felt more feminine mm-hmm. um what people told me I just like I always like like I remember wearing onesies and I would open the little flap on the bottom so it would look like a split dress you know mm-hmm. I was like mm-hmm. that, that age you already like playing around you didn't really society doesn't really get to you at that moment you just are so pure it's what I want and I remember um I had a neighbor and he was like a little bit older than me and I used to be like oh my god I'm gonna marry him and at that time, <laughs> know that marriage is between a boy or a girl or you know like mm-hmm. yeah and I remember exactly the moment I was like okay is this too much I remember watching Titanic when it first came out and I saw Leonardo DiCaprio and I became obsessed <laughs> and I was like like this is this is serious you know like mm-hmm. I was obsessed and that's when I knew like I was like okay I was very self-aware I was very an observant kid and I feel like I was um I don't know, for some reason, I was more aware of, like, the world and everything around me. So I was, at that time, I knew, I was like, okay, Eamon, you're not like every other boy. You're, you're different. And I was, How old? I was six. Six? Was wow. Seven. That is yeah. very young. Wow. Okay. came out when I was six years old. Yeah. That's yeah. Oh, my yeah, God. Six. And I've been, I've been very self-aware, and I've been really true to that. So, like, I never um, experimented because I knew who I wanted and I knew what I liked and mm-hmm. Did my thing, yeah. Nice. Okay. So, but you grew up in a, a traditional Pakistani family, right? Yeah. A Muslim family. So, how do they react to you at six years old, you know, trying to make a dress or trying to, you know, being more feminine? You know, um, it's weird in our culture. Since gay, like, like gay people or people like that don't really exist. People mm-hmm. think that kids playing, being feminine, is just play. So they don't really stop you. Oh, okay. And mom knows not to see it until other people point it out. It's crazy. Mm. Like, I played with makeup. I, I always thought that I was like a, a geisha or a makeup artist in my past life because makeup came so naturally to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember creating my first Disney bride at the age of four. It was my cousin. And I put red lipstick on her and powder and I put her on a bride. And I was like, how am I so good at this? Like, it's wow. just must- so, like, I was already into makeup. Um, I was always girly. I never played cricket. I always played with flowers. Every day, I would decorate everyone's cars outside with flowers. You know, I, all my mom, you know, like, it's yeah. just the flowers playing with them. Very, like, uh, I loved animals. I was just a soft kid, you know? Yeah. Was this in Pakistan or was this in the U.S.? It was in Pakistan. 
Wow, really? Yeah, this is all in Pakistan. I didn't move to the States till I was 11. Oh my God. So did your parents ever show concern or were they freaked out? No. Okay. That never did because he was never around, but my mom didn't really care. She liked, my mom was a very, my mom was a diva. So, mm. so like, you know, she liked the fact that I wanted to match my socks with my shirt. You know, she made me that way. I think on my first birthday, she had me in a red velvet tux. So like, oh, wow. mm-hmm. you know, she was, so she liked the fact that I was kind of like, you know, into it fashion wise, you know, but it didn't really cross her mind that I was gay, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, like my cousins always knew like when I came out my cousins even when we were there they're like we knew like you were a girl basically <laughs> I was like yeah and it's crazy that my parents didn't really know until I officially came out to them but they ch- I think they chose not to see it yeah but it never stopped me till later in life became mm-hmm. until so what made you finally come out to them and how did you do it and how did it go <laughs> intense so um I so I was a very outgoing kid very open and then as soon as my teen started my parents started to realize that um it's not play anymore mm. so I started being scared and I started becoming a very introvert very quiet I don't even remember there was days when I go to college like school high school and like middle school everywhere and I won't open my mouth I had no friends because I, I was scared if I opened my mouth people will know because mm. I was very like you know you know like you 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 can tell by an accent um so I was always scared but um I went to I got I worked really hard over the summer and I got accepted to my dream school in Chicago and um the art institute there and I got sponsored by Swarovski and I moved there and I was like okay um this is my first time leaving home I was 21 almost I mean a little over 21 um and I was like okay this is my time so I asked him that if I I needed help with from them to pay for my housing just for the first semester. So I was like, you know what? Yeah, I will do that. And then I'll figure it out. I'll get a job. Um, school's mostly paid for, so it's fine. And then I got there. And I think the first semester I was far away. I was with people that were like openly gay. And I was in an art school and I was just like, oh my God, this is fun. So I started experimenting with makeup more. And like, you know, I, there's a picture that I posted. I remember it was like with pearls. And I was just like avant-garde photo shoot. And I posted that on Facebook. And somehow that picture traveled all across the country. And then my mom called me and was like upset. And she was like, all oh, these people are saying stuff. And this picture, what picture did you post? Blah, blah, blah. And then um, my mom, times in my life have asked me if I was gay. And I used to always say no. Mm. Right? No. But for some reason... 22 almost 22 and I was like for some reason I just didn't say anything that time I didn't say yes or no I couldn't say no mm-hmm. out of like my own you know I don't know for some reason and then um she just took it as a yes and then she went crazy and <laughs> basically got disowned me that day mm-hmm. um and my whole family did to cut me off I couldn't afford to live there anymore it was very intense because I felt very alone and um yeah so I since I couldn't afford it I basically lived out of my car I was homeless for almost three months and then I made my way to Detroit thank god I had a good credit card I lived off of my credit card and I had a planet um what do you call it planet fitness membership so I could go take showers there <laughs> <laughs> 
And it was cool at that time. So it was intense. It was um, definitely a hard time in my life. And that wasn't, I mean, I I cherish it in a way and I would do it again if I had to because at that time in my life taught me a lot. I met some really cool people too. Um, And then I made my way to Detroit and I kind of took shelter in my cousin's basement for a couple of years until Mm -hmm. I my feet to go back to where what I wanted to do and stuff but it was very intense I felt very alone um I felt completely disowned like abandoned um I still am recovering from certain things from that abandonment you know it carries with you but again a lot of good came out of it too because I'm the person I am because of all these experiences I've had but um my parents disowned me so long story short my parents um weren't in the picture until eight years later Mm. Um, I, uh, two years I spent in Dallas, I mean, uh, Detroit, um, working really hard. Starbucks saved my life. They kind of took me in Starbucks because Starbucks is a great company to work with. They like really take care of you. And, um, I saved enough money, moved to tech, I uh, moved to Kansas, got my school, paid for my whole school, got a double bachelor's. And then my graduation, they showed up. Wow. It was 2017, December of 2017. And um, they were like, yeah so they were like come back home like we want to try something like we understand we're not there yet but we're trying and i was like okay and they were like well your brother misses you he's only 15 and i think he came he was only what seven when i left was six when i left so he 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 was close to me so it was like you know so we moved home i moved home my brother graduated college moved home so we were like a family so we were catching up for missing years so that's when we came back into the whole picture did i answer your question yeah. <laughs> so going back to that time when you were homeless, what had that time taught you? Um, well, uh, a lot <laughs> about myself and mm-hmm. how I work. I, um, I kind of turned on that hustle mentality um, that I didn't have because I was a shelter kid and I was very privileged growing up because my parents were well off most of the time. And I was just since I was so sheltered, I didn't really know how the world works. And I feel like it was kind of thrown to the wolf. And I was like, I had to kind of figure out everything myself. And it made me grow up a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, I used that time in my life, because all the experiences in my life, um, to become relatable to people. I kind of, that it helped me meet people in different walks of lives and kind of really immerse myself in those um, people in that sense where um, that's my biggest strong point, and I feel like the, I, the reason I am somewhat successful I am now is because my my ability to ability to be relatable to people, mm-hmm. and I think that being homeless in that time of my life um, helped me become that person that I can really be more empath- empathetic, um, connect to yeah yeah, yeah connect and also kind of prioritize what really life is about and what mm-hmm. what I really want and what's more important and what's not. Mm-hmm. What, what did you learn is more important? Um, what the true purpose of my life, like that also say, everyone's purpose is to love other, that spread love, that, right? Mm-hmm. My purpose is to really spread love. And like um, the experience that I was going through, I felt so, um, I don't, I'm a very strong and very um, thick skin and very stubborn person. And it was hard for me to live through that. And I was like, if I make it through this, my life purpose is so no other kid had to ever go through it. You know, so that's my life purpose. That's why I live loud. That's why I um, do the most <laughs> is awesome. so I'm visible to the kids that need me. Because when I was going through it, there was nobody to yeah. um, 
that I could look up to or like just reach out to help, you know, like I, you don't even have to help me financially or anything. Just be there so I can, someone can, that can relate to me. And, and I, I use my platform for that. That's why I do like put myself in situations where I'm like, okay, I'm going to get a lot of hate, but you know what? It's going to spread my message. And um, maybe some kid out there who needs me will find this way to my platform and message me and I can be there for them. That's incredible. Yeah. And someday I want to make it financially too. That's my yes. goal. <laughs> yes, I totally get you. I think that's yeah. why you and I connected so so quickly. At least I felt connected to you pretty yeah, quickly because, because I, I, I saw that in you as well. I have that same desire. That's why I'm even doing this in the first place is I live loud in that way as well. Maybe, you know, I'm not, you know, it's no, you live loud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I live that. Okay. But um but yeah, for the same reason because when I was a kid and I was struggling with all the crap that I was struggling with, I had no one else who would openly talk about these issues and I'm like, who do I turn to? I didn't have anyone to turn to either. So I think it's beautiful that you are wanting to share your truth to inspire others that and show them that they are not alone that they have you to, to reach out to or to look up to. And I think that's incredible. And I'm, I'm really curious. So what made your parents change their mind? What, what made them say, hey, okay, it's been eight years. Were you in contact with them throughout that time at all? Very rarely. Um, I think two brothers. My brothers still supported me. And since they were under them, they, didn't really, they really couldn't pick sides. But um, they were, my parents knew what I was up to. Uh, we would talk once in a while, but it was very like straight to the point. But I would just call to talk to my little brother. Mm-hmm. Um, but my, I mean, my mom is super religious. She's a scholar. Oh, and wow. Having a son that is openly gay is very like hard. But I think she learned how to put religion aside and be the mom because our religion, Muslim does tell you to, be a good mother as part of you being religion. I think it took her a while to understand that too. And I think that's what she does. She puts religion aside for a second and like um, looks at me as her child. And like, that's when I think I saw a difference in her. Um, again, she grew up in a culture, my dad grew up in a culture where it wasn't acceptable. So I don't really think they would fully understand. I think they're trying and that's all I can ask for. I think a lot of it had to, um, the whole separation was because I feel like I pushed away too to become the person I am. It wasn't always them. Um, because I thought it was like, if you as, as a kid too, it's like, if you can't understand it all, I don't want you in my life either. You know, I don't want to compromise with who I am because I'm just developing and seeing who I am. And I want to push myself to the most to see how far I can go without any binds from you guys or any feeling guilty. Cause as they see people, we are raised to feel guilty if you're not following parents. And it's not uh, here God, yes. You, your, you lived your life. And why are you continuing that chain on, like, you know, that whole circle on yes. me? Yes. I don't want to live with that guilt. So I was, I feel like it was 50 50. And then when I was growing enough to be ready to like come back and be confident enough, because I know nothing can change my mind and nothing can sway me. And I feel like I was ready and then they were ready and then we met at the right time. That's incredible. 
Yeah. I mean, I remember that time in my life too when I, but I waited till like I was 30 or 31 to do it, you know, where I was courageous enough to leave my family. And I said the same thing. I had to do it because you become everyone else, like what they want you to be instead of figuring out who you are. Exactly. And like, and then you had to be somebody to give back. Like if you're, I saw an interview a long time ago on Oprah, but she was like, you, like when you're not anybody, what can, what can, what, what can you give? You need to figure out mm-hmm. who you are and be someone mm-hmm. like, you know, so you can give to others. Absolutely. Like, so that, that, that's very important. And that's kind of what I took and ran with. And I think I'm glad, I'm so glad I did because I, I don't want, I didn't want to, I didn't want to be diluted. Yeah. With other that's amazing. Yeah. And that takes I a lot. Yeah. I still, that's another, another reason I moved to LA from Dallas is because I feel like, it's so built in me that they see conscious that living even with my parents, even though they don't have issues with most of my stuff is um, I was turning out of respect into somebody that I was like, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is not, and I was willingly do it without me even knowing. That's why I had to move to uh, LA. I was like, no, 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 I gotta get away and do my thing. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Um, Same thing. That's what I did. I I ran away to LA too. That's the place to be if you want to go figure out who the hell you are. Yeah, run away away from your family and go to LA. Um, So, how is your relationship with your family now? Um, I feel like uh, the the distance the distance helps. Mm -hmm. Like right now, so great. My mom's making me all the food that I wrote down that I wanted. You know, right now, (laughs) yeah, it's really good. There's a level of respect and a compromise that you still have to go through. but um, I feel like older enough to know more. I want my kids to have grandparents. Um, so there is a level of compromise. Um, my dad is super chill. My mom's the only one that usually has problems. It's crazy. My dad was always pretty chill. The thing is, my dad never goes against my mom because my dad says, your mom is the light of my life. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> cute. So I never blamed him. He always understood, but he was 100% on board, but he was always understanding. Mm-hmm. My mom, on the other hand, wasn't, but now she's trying. And I mean, I do stuff to make her happy that goes against some of my stuff. And Mm -hmm. she goes against her stuff just to make me happy. So there's like a level of give and take in a way. And we respect that. And we appreciate that. See, that's so incredible because, you know, that's kind of the point of this podcast is to see, to talk about different things from different perspectives, to see that, hey, we might not all agree, but we can all be respectful and still love each other you know like I don't usually fast it's Ramadan I don't really fast because I'm Muslim but I'm not like full-on you know by the book Mm -hmm. but I do at home because out of respect for her and make her happy yeah you know what and then she would like do stuff for me just to make me happy which goes against her usual behavior you know what I mean Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there's a level of respect and stuff and we make each other happy by doing certain things you know that's awesome yeah have you um, stepped out into the dating world yet? Have you? No, I've been in love, but I'm the only 30-year-old that I know that I've never dated anybody. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, I have a question for you. Do you think you're, you know, now that things are better with your family, do you think that your parents would be open to and cool with you, like you marrying a man and them coming to your wedding and you dressed up as in, in a langa, you know what I mean? or? gonna be sleeves all the way train on the back um (laughs) (laughs) um you know what 
um, we hear talk about it here and there. I don't think they're ready for that. Yeah. I'm still getting the fat over the fact that I'm a makeup influencer and I'm non-binary and I wear lengas in general, you know? Yeah. Um, I know that it's coming in and they know in their head, they just choose not to like, you know, talk about it because they don't want to it right now. But um, I think if they've gotten this far, they can. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to push it. I'm not going to worry about pushing that until I have somebody. Yeah. And yeah. Subconsciously, I feel like the reason I haven't dated anybody is because of that. Mm. Uh, you see what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to that whole situation. That's why I don't. You're trying to avoid it. <laughs> yeah. And I realized that because I'm in therapy recently. Yeah. <laughs> and I have rediscovered that because um, in Islam, it's okay to be gay. It's just acting upon it is considered sinful. And mm. at an age, I figured that out or read that. So subconsciously, I feel like I'm scared. You know, I carry mm-hmm. that with, even though it's crazy that I don't, I don't really care, but subconsciously, I think it holds me back. And, um, growing up, it's like you, you self-hate a lot because of that. You Absolutely. Self- and, um, I think I carry that with me subconsciously and even down all the way. That's why I don't think I've ever opened myself up to dating is because I'm like, I don't want to tap into all that mm-hmm. yet. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, but I think that's part of the reason. That's what my therapist says. Because <laughs> I didn't really realize. I'm like, you right. This is it. But um, we're working on it. We'll see. I don't think. Good. Yeah. You deserve it. You deserve love and I happiness. I've loved twice, but I've never been like in a relationship. With yeah. Them. Yeah. I have yeah. a question. Uh, so, okay. With your parents dealing with whatever they're dealing with, have they had to... and you as well you know with the community with the Pakistani community Desi community do you get a lot of people who say stuff to you or to your parents and how do you and how did they handle it um my mom um is pretty good at it but sometimes she slips because she says me like oh no me she doesn't mean it in a harm bad way but she's like I don't have weaknesses you're my only weakness she mm. says that but she doesn't mean it in a bad way I take it in a bad way sometimes and I'm like well, you know, get when she says, "Oh, I don't have any dog against like, stains." You're the only stain that I have in my life, mm-hmm. but she doesn't mean it in a bad way. I've learned to know that because this is her verbiage. She, it sounds hurtful, but it's just verbiage, and she doesn't mean it. But um, that that's the only thing that she says. That, but anyway, um, the whole thing is, um, my mom is a very strong person. She is very um. There's, there's no like like she's a perfect daughter she's a perfect muslim she's a perfect islam like mm. society so um for her to have that said is very hard and she it does get to her time to time but she's really strong she's always says that god made him that way and i love him he's my son wow that's amazing and she's usually good with that kind of sense um but it does i see her it does affect her in a little bit because that's how she is she cares about people what people think mm-hmm. i don't my dad does it my dad's like hell yeah that's my son Oh, that's awesome. Um, me, I'm so good. Like, as the only time I get kind of is when I'm with my parents, and I don't want my parents to get any hate. Like, I'll protect them. But me, oh my god, I have fun with it. Yeah, like, I, I like to troll them back. I'm not one of those people that get scared. Yeah, I always sing them. I always sing that nagging song. <laughs> <laughs> but I go to eat Mila wearing a nut let's go boys look at me crazy i wouldn't get them back like what let's go. <laughs> good for you and then i remember going to um 
It was very important in my life. That was really intense. When I moved to LA, the first week I went to a Pakistani Mela for 14, I guess. And um, I was like, should I wear like a dupatta, like a blue, like uh, a green dupatta? I was like, since this, but I was like, it's LA, it's fine, you know, everyone's fine. But when I got there, people were looking at me crazy and I was not with my friends. I was by myself. They had boy line, a girl line. And I'm like, which line do I go in? And everybody was like, oh, wow. I'm going to go. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go in the boy one because it's shorter. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. But I was the only one wearing like dupatta and stuff. And I was like, you know what? I was crying in my car right before I got up. I have it on in one of my story highlights because it's such an important moment in my life and I want people to see it. Um, I was crying in my car, but I was like, I have to do it for the kids that are going to be at the Mela that don't feel represented and then feel like they don't. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. I was crying, but I was like shaking, walking in, but I was like, you couldn't tell. And I wore my dupatta and I went in, people were looking at me crazy. I got denied to be in one of the stalls, like one of the stalls. Wow. Um, yeah, people were acting crazy. But then this man walked up to me and he was like, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate your scene. I'm proud of you. I'm with you. And I was just like, and he became one of my really good friends. His name is Bilal. But that just made me feel so valid. And it just, after that, I was like, I don't care. Like that one person made me feel so good and valid and seen that I was like, okay, now people can look at me crazy. At least that one person said I was like, you know, there. And I felt, I felt the courage to be me there because it was really scary being in a new city being in a new community having no friends standing out in a you know so that was very very it was very very important but other than that I don't really have a problem and then when I was leaving there was little kids looking at me crazy smiling waving that means um that just felt I just felt good because I was like they see me what a it's special fun. moment that's amazing yeah, yeah. and then so, I came and cried again I was like I'm glad I did that <laughs> yeah so whatever you went through in that moment and you and whatever you're afraid of, you still chose to be courageous and stand up for who you are for the purpose of standing up for others who are scared to be themselves. And, and I almost feel that was, I don't know how spiritual you are, but I almost feel that's, that was God in a way coming up to you and being like, Hey, good for you. I'm so proud of you. Thank that's you. incredible. Uh, and you know what? Weird. I always say like, um, I want to, um, have a safe zone and like more representation in Pakistan because Pakistan is one of those countries that is so big backwards and LGBT. Um, and that's my life purpose, even if it like takes me, like takes my life. Like I always say that I'm like, I don't care about my safety. I don't care about anything. It's just a, such a strong calling that I need to do, that I need to be there and like work with these kids and save them that I don't care if it puts me in harm. Yeah. You know, see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's such a strong, yeah, absolutely. It is from God. Like, yeah, I it is. It's like something that was that was my that's my purpose. God made you who you are for a reason, and God gave that purpose to you for a reason. So yeah. I 100% believe that. That's incredible. Like, so, what are some? I I don't know if you know people still in Pakistan who are dealing, you know, who are um, gay or you know de dealing with gender variances what what are some things that they deal with there that you would want to help with oh my god a lot okay so since my following has grown a lot in south asia um i've had a lot of kids that look up to me or they live through me you know that um that i like they're inspired by me and then i have that channel open i talk to them daily you know like you know so um in that sense yeah so that's why i really want to go there 
and they go through so much um even though like in india it's pretty much okay to be gay you know mm-hmm. but then still there's culture issues in pakistan there's actually laws that ban lg that you can't mm-hmm. be open gay, or if you're harassed um it doesn't really matter um trans are accepted but as a gay man you can't be out mm-hmm. it's that's so weird to me um trans are accepted but you can only work as um prostitutes or just like you know they're accepted you're wow. okay but you only have those certain jobs you can't be a regular working member of society but mm-hmm. no one's gonna hurt you like no people still hurt them but um but as a gay man oh heck no you are that it's it's horrible there like you have no rights um if let's say let me tell you an instance that just recently happened um this one of this um instagram influencer lady out of nowhere she has a big following started this trend where it's like um stop homophobia stop gay people or stop um men in beauty in pakistan because they were emerging makeup artists mm. and they all are hiding because they cannot protect themselves they had to delete their instagrams they had to like stop or they have to deactivate because um she just spread all this hate and people started looking she used religion as a weapon and all these people oh, wow. started saying hate everywhere so i was like Oh my God. And, and I usually don't get involved into drama because I have bigger fish to fry. I don't get into little, I don't mm-hmm. go after these bloggers or anything, but I got involved because I feel like that's my community. That's my country. That is beauty community, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, I have to say something and I stood up and it was crazy. The amount of hate, the same message she sent them, she sent to me and it was so much legal actions. And I'm like, you can't touch me. First of all, Mm-hmm. But you can't, and I realized how much trouble they can get into just for being gay. Wow. And having makeup on their social media with no proof. Like, you, you can't, th- that's all the proof they need. And they oh. can really, like, yeah, that's, they can go into jail. There's no, there's, there's no protection. And it sucks because I'm like, she won in that sense where she shut them down. That's awful. She was threatened by because they were growing really fast and she was threatened by their success. <laughs> oh my god yeah so that's when i realized i was like oh my god it's serious i low-key like i was planning on moving there in november and starting my own makeup school but um, my parents are like don't do it like i don't have rights but i'm like you know what um i'm gonna have to do something mm-hmm. because something that's so dear to me and i feel so bad and like i'm like I, there's a level of guilt that i was brought up with because i was like i can open i can be myself here and my brothers and sisters are they can't why why was i mm-hmm. chosen to come live my life and not them and mm-hmm. there's a level of that i always had mm-hmm. on that's another reason i live loud is because i'm allowed to yeah <laughs> yeah that's amazing so what you know being having having gone through everything you've gone through so far what is something you would tell your younger self your six-year-old self you know um or, or maybe your teenage self. Actually, that's when you were kind of struggling. You were hiding who you were because you were afraid. So what would you tell your younger self? I would say um, practice your art, self-love, a lot of self-love, love yourself. Because I, I, was, I, was, full with, I was also with so much love, but no one to like love on. Mm-hmm. But I was practice your art because that is, you are the only person that's you. And invest in yourself rather than worrying about everybody else and it's gonna be okay because it always is just spread love that's all it is and yeah that's all i'm gonna say to him because he was so sad such a sad little kid yeah and okay 
also observe and learn as much as you can because it's always, always going to come at the end and help you in later in life. Yes. Yeah. That's very yeah. good advice. What yeah. about to people who are struggling, who are, who are maybe gay or um, non-binary or, you know, trans, you know, but they can't come out and openly say it. What advice would you give to them? Um, work hard, be independent and be safe. Create a family around you that will support you no matter what. Blood is not always thicker. I've learned that. Yes. <laughs> Blood is not thicker. Always put yourself first. You are the most important person to you. People come and go. You're the only one you're going to stick around. And I've learned that. That's another reason I am not in a relationship because I always put myself first. I don't take anybody in consideration. Mm-hmm. You will lose your potential. It's when you do that. And once you become your own best friend, nothing can harm you. You will never feel a void in your life because you're there. Yeah. And so before coming out, I always tell people, I'm like, be financially independent first work hard, mm-hmm. um, have a family to kind of fall back on emotionally. If you need that, have, have the best of the friends and then rest is just do it. And it will, it'll be the hardest thing you ever do, but most liberating thing you ever do. You don't really actually meet you until you do that. Yeah, absolutely. I think living your truth or speaking your truth is the first, first step to happiness. And you know what? Freedom is infectious. And once you come out, like when you live free, people more free yes yes people are always like oh um being gay is a trend everyone's coming out because it's a trend and i always say no freedom Mm -hmm. represented that person being free they want to be free and that's what makes people come out and be free is that freedom and the more people that are free is only going to be more free that's why i always say people always like oh no it's just a trend my mom used to say that and i was like no it is the best time to be gay to be honest like yes it is yeah uh but um yeah that's what i'm saying like it's it's that freedom that's infectious and yeah i just think so many people are in hiding because they're so scared but when they see other people living the way they want to be living they're like okay if that person can do it i can do it too yeah and then you create this family and then we're all strong together i'm trying to create this family of strong desi like queer influence to create that umbrella for these kids because I am so invested in these kids. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a very angry person or I don't fight or I don't like really get angry until someone comes for them and I'm just like a mama. You know, like yeah. I'm a very motherly instinct and I'm like, no. So I want to create this. Um, I always call my Instagram this like safe zone, this support group to like help support each other and like a safe zone so we people can feel them like themselves even virtually and can yeah. talk about it. Yeah. That is incredible. I want to thank you so much for doing this and spreading your love and sharing your story with all of us. Um, You are a special human being. You really, really are. And I'm so grateful that you are living your truth courageously because it inspires people around you. Thank you. You inspire me so much. You've helped me so much. You don't even know how much you helped me, to be honest. Like you're one of my mentors and idols in my head. Like I always think of you. It's crazy. You're too sweet. I think of you. I mean, some of your words you said today, because, you know, there are some things that I recorded in my, my first episode or second episode that I haven't said aloud to probably anyone or not to the public, you know? So I, I'm scared too, but, you know, hearing your words of, hey, who cares? You know, you are who you are. And 
um, we don't have to be so, we don't have to be scared because you're right. Cause if it helps one person, then it was worth it. Then it was worth telling your truth, you know? Yeah. It's way bigger than us. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you so much. I love you. You are, you are amazing. Thank you. Until next time, this is Shilpa on Chic Lotus Controversial Conversations.